Hi, everybody. My name is Diane. I'm an addict from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Actually, I'm from a little town outside of Halifax called Shibanakity, and that is Micmac, uh, uh, or Micmac, as we say, for the land where the wild potatoes grow. So a little bit of information. Uh, thank you for the committee for asking me to speak. It's funny, they first asked me to speak on uh, principles before personalities. I'm like, oh, yeah. And that's after I had a huge discussion with my manager about things going on at work, and I'm like, oh, I really need to speak on principles before personalities. And then I get a call back. He says, no, 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 I think I want you to speak on relationships. And I'm like, oh, God. I think I'd rather speak about principles before personalities. So, um, actually, yesterday was my 13 years training. Thank you. And when I think back about my active addiction, my road was a little different from other people. I never used socially. I always used in a closed room by myself for one purpose, and that's to get high, because I couldn't, I couldn't handle my feelings. And I knew that getting high would erase my feelings. So I never used socially. I never used with another person my whole career of using. I always used by myself in a closed room, and it was a big secret. When I ended up in detox, not one person, I shouldn't say not one person, most, 99.9% .9 of the people in my life didn't even know I picked up a drug because that's the mask I wore. I was a professional. I had, was a divorced uh, mother of two children. Uh, my family were Dutch Catholic farmers, so we were members of the community and had a high moral standard. And, um, and it was a big secret. Nobody knew. I had one person that kind of knew I was struggling and you know, kind of asked me every now and then, are you okay, Diane? And, and I said, oh yeah, I'm fine. That was my thing. No, I'm fine. And um, she's okay. And uh, so that's the story of my using by myself, um, not telling anybody how I felt because I was told at a very young age how I felt was wrong. You know, I, mom, they hurt my feelings. Don't worry about it. You know, you shouldn't let that. Mom, they bullied me at school. Don't let it bother you. I feel this way. That's wrong. You shouldn't feel that way. So that's how I was brought up. So I was learned told that everything I felt was wrong and every feeling that I had was inappropriate so I didn't share anything with anybody anytime. It was all in my head and it was all boiling up inside me. So when we talk about relationships prior to recovery, I had relations, I can't even say I had relationships because I didn't. Nobody knew how I felt. Nobody I shared with anything. Nobody knew my dreams, nobody knew my aspirations, nobody knew my struggles, nobody knew what hurt me. I was fine. I was fine. Nobody knew. And so I had no relationships. I didn't share anything with anybody. Because the one or two times I did, I was told I was foolish or I was laughed at or whatever. So I didn't share anything with anybody. You know, I, was, I went to school, I did what I needed to do. You know, I came home, I did my homework, I went to school, I, you know, got a career. I did what I had to do, but I never shared anything with anybody because I was told it was wrong. Or they hurt me when I did. 
So I became, or I was, or I started using so that I could deal with everything that I had struggled with. Everything that I had stuffed was starting to boil over, and I knew that the only thing that would help me was to use. So I used, and I used, and I used, and I used, and then all of a sudden, you, it was out. You know, I, I was using so much, and uh, I, could, I was using at work, and work kind of intervened, and I ended up in detox, and everybody was, what the fuck? What happened? Nobody knew. And even the first part of recovery, I never let anybody know, because once I stopped, and I was in recovery, then everything was supposed to be okay. But I never learned how to talk. I never learned how to be honest. I never learned how to share my feelings, even with my husband. I never learned any of that. I oh yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I literally said that every day. No, I'm fine. You know, I went to psychologists and psychiatrists because everybody was worried because I, you know, I didn't share anything. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. <laughs> Nobody knew. So when I got into recovery, and everybody's saying, well, you have to get a sponsor. You have to be honest. You have to share how you're feeling. I'm going, I'm not doing any of that because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have any relationships. Even with my kids, I was, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. And when they came to me with a problem, I would problem solve the problem. But that was it. You know, I didn't, I wasn't engaged in their lives. You know, I did what I had to do. So I came into recovery and I learned about relationships. And I learned that I had to start having them. And I didn't want to. Like, I was safe. If I didn't share anything with anybody, nobody said I was wrong. Nobody laughed at me. Nobody did anything. It was safe for me to be by myself. So, but <laughs> that didn't work, right? Because you have to get a sponsor. You have to do your steps. You have to get honest. You have to tell people how you're feeling. And it was, it was a struggle, and it's still a struggle. It's... I want, to t I want to lie to you. I want to tell you everything's okay when it's not. I don't want to tell you that I'm, you hurt my feelings when you said that. I don't want to tell you that I'm envious of how you look in the relationships that you have and the money that you have in your bank account. I don't want to tell you that, right? I don't want to even tell myself that. But I have a sponsor, and I worked a set of steps, and that kind of the first, as we say, layer of the onion came off, right? I kind of said, okay, I need relationships. Um, I was divorced at this time, and I started dating a little bit, and, you know, guys that I saw, you know, I just didn't want to hear from them after the first time, and even if they were great, because that meant that I had to put myself out there, right? I had to risk, you know, being hurt, and I went to a psychologist once, and I said, you know, I had all these, you know, great people in my life, and, and they don't interest me, and she just kind of looked at me once, and she said, well, maybe they're not the right person, and that was okay with me, so I'll put it out there, I gave it to my higher power. So that's kind of where my starting of relationships started. And it wasn't just romantic relationships, it was relationships with my kids, it was relationships with my family, it was relationships at work, and it was intimate relationships too with another person that I start, knew that I needed to work on. If I was going to grow and if I was going to be honest, like everybody else, I would have to start taking risks. And it was hard for me to do that. So I listened to a speaker tape once from Vito, and he talked about relationships. And he talked about putting the traditions in relationships, and not just romantic relationships, but work relationships and family relationships. 
So I'll just speak a little bit about that. First thing I'd like to talk about, though, is how forgiveness has helped me in my relationship. My father, from the time I can remember, um, was abusive. And not, I'm not minimizing it, but he never really like beat us to a pulp, or he never really, you know, was sexually, you know, all the way. But he would touch us inappropriately, and he would slap us or hit us or whatever, right? And and as a little girl who wanted her father's attention, it it was it was hurtful, right? And as we, I grew up, my mother kind of knew what was going on, and she would never let my father and I be alone together. If she went to the hospital or she took trips to Holland, because they immigrated, I would be fostered out because Dad and I would never be allowed to be together because it was like fire and water, right? Like it was just never worked. And I remember in early recovery, financially, I was in trouble and you know my divorce was final and I kind of got I just kind of signed everything I just wanted to be out you know and my dad and I'd have to come to my dad for help right and he'd say Diane you always come to me when you want something like why don't you just come to me and talk to me why is it always when you want something and I talked to him about the shame of having to come that it was my last resource and that I really didn't feel like there was any other relationship other than he was my father and if I, nothing else helped he he was my last kind of uh, house on on the street and he kind of said i just want you to come and talk to me you right and that's where things kind of changed and i kind of talked to him about the you know the abuse and, and he really didn't admit it but he kind of listened to me and from that point on our relationship changed and I have to forgive him because that's what the steps tell us, right? Like, you can't change the past, you know? And I wanted to change the future, and I didn't want to be stuck, you know, in that abuse. So I made a conscious decision to forgive him. And from that point on, this has been one of the most fulfilling spiritual relationships I've had in my life. Um, at this point, he has a little bit of dementia going on, you know, and he's very vulnerable. And he's a strong man, you know, a strong Dutch immigrant, you know, and he's, he's, he's vulnerable. And he talks to me with tears in his eyes. And, you know, this is a gift. This is a gift of recovery. This is a gift of forgiveness, you know. And a lot of people have said to me, how can you forgive that man for what he's done to you? But how can I not? That's what this program tells us to do. I can't change what he did. You know, I have acknowledged what he's done, and I've talked to him about what he's done, but I will not let it define my future with him. And um, that, is, that is one of the gifts of recovery. So I learned, and I took a, there was a bunch of us in Halifax that did um, work the, the traditions on relationships, personal relationships, and work relations, uh, service relationships. So I'm just going to briefly touch how the relationships have changed, the traditions have changed the relationships in my life, and how I can apply these traditions to my relationships, which is awesome, because I have a, before it was, what do I do? How do I change things? Well, now I have the answers, right? So the 12 conditions, number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on NA unity. If I put that in my relationship with my partner, Jim, our common welfare should come first. 
personal, our relationship depends on our unity. So if he has an issue, and I have an issue, and they are different, we have to come to something that is mutually agreeable to the two of us. And it's not hard. It's not as hard as it sounds. Like, our unity, like if he's on one page, and I'm on another page, and we go to bed at night, and he's on one side of the bed, and I'm on the other, that is not unity. Or if he sits at the table and doesn't talk to me about something, and I too pissed to talk about something else. That's not unity. Our relationship depends on the fact that we are united, that we have a common welfare. Our common purpose is to have a loving, caring, mutually satisfying relationship. That's why we're in it. We're not here to be miserable. We're not here to be, you know, to have our ego stroked. We are here to have a loving, caring relationship. And that's what the 12 traditions tells me. And that's what I try to put forward in our relationship. Like, do I want to work towards the problem or do I want to work towards the solution? And sometimes working towards the solution is saying, yes, this is what I want, but this is not what I'm going to get. You know, and come to a common, um, common area. And that's how it works for me. For our group purpose, there's what, but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in the group. So how does the loving God express himself in our relationships? Right? It's to be compassionate with each other, to be understanding with each other, to be forgiving to each other. You know, that's how the, my higher power works in my relationship. So I can put these traditions and apply to my relationship, and really it's not about me, it's not about whoever, or work, or whatever. It's about, you know, what is our, um, what is our primary purpose, right? Uh, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop using. The only requirement for membership in my relationship, our relationship, is to have a loving relationship. It's not to get up financially. It's not because, you know, they're good in the sack. It's not because socially it's, it's better for me. It is a loving relationship that I want, and that is why I'm in it. Each group should be autonomous. I love that one. I live my life, Jim lives his life, and then we have our life, you know. He does his thing, he does conventions, he does work, I do work, I do my family, but together we always, you know, we always have that common uh, unity, that common denominator. My happiness is not dependent on his happiness. It helps, <laughs> but, you know, I can be, I can have a bad day and he not have a bad day, you know, and I'm saying, you know, I'm just having a moment. And it not have to depend on him. He does not have to fix me. I do not have to fix him. You know, we are autonomous. We do our own things, but yet we are united. We go to meetings. We, you know, we make dates. We go for drives. Our big thing is we walk together. We walk for kilometers every day, you know, and, and that's what we do. So even though we have different lives, my happiness isn't dependent if Jim comes home with a happy face, you know. I will let him do his thing, and I can do my thing. And you know what? It works for us. Um, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. And that still is our purpose. We are very service-orientated, not just to NA, but to my kids. You know, I have two adult, adult girls who, one has mental health issues, and one is so independent it would blow your socks off. But yet... Um, you know, that's what works for us, you know. Um, uh, every NA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the NA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. 
so you know financially we're together you know we kind of have our, what our purpose is we're going to look to buy a house you know our monies like I don't hide what I have or you know and that's hard for me like you know I lied all my life so, you know if I go buy something and it's twenty dollars and I might think that it's a little bit too expensive I'll just say oh it's ten dollars just little things right but together you know financially we are united right we try to work to a common to our common welfare and to lie about it and be dishonest about it isn't the way, what our higher power wants in our lives we are self-supporting you know we try not to be dependent on each other um, we are uh, never be organized but we make the service boards that can be well you know it's funny because we struggle with one of my daughters the one with mental health like we could not do it ourselves we were struggling so we went for outside help right we went and and achieved outside help got the therapist you know how together can we work towards our common welfare right so we went out and we got professional help and it has worked for us right um, I'll just skip over that we has no opinion on outside issues hence any name ought never be drawn into public controversy we try not to gossip it's very hard we have two addicts that live together and not talk about other people in the fellowship <laughs> especially when they when he agrees or I agree to something that he says you know and then we're oh yeah we're all out in this you know we try not to gossip we try to love everybody in the fellowship and we try to keep what happens to my sponsees to myself like if I I have a lot of I have six sponsees you know and I know a lot about my sponsees and some of my sponsees have relationships with his sponsees so and it's very hard sometimes to just say yeah 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 and not put your tense tense worth in because I know certain things and he knows certain things and to kind of keep it separate is hard sometimes and when we cross those boundaries not that we do but it sometimes it's a little it's a little scary you know we have to kind of step back and say you know what this is not what I want to do you know I, I can't talk about it or you know I'm not at liberty but so it's it's a little different you know it's a little it's because I know some things <laughs> it's hard and anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities you know we disagree you know we do but what do I want you know do I really want to be right being right is not a spiritual principle that's what I've learned and sometimes sometimes it's hard right it's hard to have relationships it's hard to put yourself especially when we were so silent and lied for so long you know and to hide ourselves and to not tell anybody who we were you know I had this mask that everything was fine and now to be vulnerable and say no I'm not fine you know this is what's struggling I'm in this relationship to have a loving caring relationship I'm not in this relationship to be fighting or to be right or to have my way all the time because I don't get my way all the time I've learned that you know I've learned that my way isn't always the right way you know and my way sometimes I have to give what up what I want for the good of the unity right it's the good of the relationship um, I don't know I'm not good at relationships if they were to they tell us in recovery that you know you you learn through failures right well I've learned a lot about relationships 
I'm just going to share something that's really been on my mind lately. I had a, my very first sponsor save my life. And she's so totally not who I am. I was, she, you know, she, she came from the street, she came from the jails, you know, she's out there, um, and I'm this quiet, never say anything, you know, but she saved my life. She showed me Narcotics Anonymous. She loved me unconditionally. And over the years, we've kind of, you know, grown apart, but I've always respected her. She's always a huge part of recovery in, in Halifax, and, and I don't know why, but I started struggling with that relationship, and I can't to this day tell you why. You know, it was, I don't know. So it was actually this time last year at the Canadian Convention in Halifax that, you know, she kind of came to me and, and I kind of, what I said, what I meant to say and what came out of my mouth was wrong, was different, you know. And I hurt her. You know, and I could see as soon as I said the words, you can just kind of see and, and you know, her, her eyes, the pain just came in her eyes. I'm like, oh my God, what did I say? And it took me a while to understand what she heard because that was not what I meant to say, but that was what she heard. And I hurt her really bad. And I love this woman. You know, I really love this woman. And I couldn't believe, and I, oh my God, what did I do? And, and I went to find her and she was hurt. But she's street, right? Like she was not letting me off her easy. And, and yes, we had a little bit of a blowout, and, and it was it was not it was not spiritual <laughs> on either of us, you know. And I'm I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. And she said, "Well, then why did you say it?" And I saved your ass, and, and I'm like, "Yes, you did." And she said, "Well, you wouldn't say that," and you know, she said, "I can't." And it was it was not pretty. It was not pretty. And it's been a year, you know. It's been a year, and I have not talked to her. And it's, it's been on my mind, you know. She, she recently celebrated an anniversary, and one of my friends, I said, can you, give, can you give me a hug for me, you know? Just let her know, you know, because I'm ready. I'm ready to, to talk to her. I'm ready to ask forgiveness again. Because I know it was me. You know, I know what I wanted to say was not what came out of my mouth, and what came out of my mouth was hurtful. I know that, you know. And I know that relationship is important. Because we are sisters in recovery, you know, whether I don't agree with you or I agree with you, you know, one day you could save my ass. Something you said or just a hug that you gave me when nobody else would hug me, you know, like, that's going to save my ass one of these days. Whether I got 13 years clean or 30 years clean, you know, it's not about your first day here sometimes, it's about your last day. You know, you never know who's going to save your, save your life. What, what, one thing is going to happen, what, one person your higher power is going to send to you and you turn your back to them, right? So, I'm committed when I leave here, because it's been a year, you know, to try to mend that fence. Because that relationship is important to me. And I learned that in, this, in these rooms, is that, you know, forgiveness. It's about making amends. It's about admitting your part. It's about knowing why you act a certain way. You know, that's all about relationships. I can't ever, I cannot have no relationships in, in Narcotics Anonymous. It's a we program. I cannot have, I cannot have a relationship with myself and that's it. You know, I need relate, even for the people that I do not like. And I've come to understand that as many people as I do not like, do not like me. <laughs> and that's okay. 
but I can still give you a hug. I can still listen to your message. I can still help you when you call me on, on the phone. You know, I can do all that. I don't need to like you, you know. But I do like you. I don't know why you said that. I guess because I don't know you, right? I don't let myself know you because if I let you know me, you might still hurt me. You know, I'm still there. You know, I'm still that little girl, you know, who couldn't find anybody to sit with her on the bus. You know, I'm still that little girl that was told everything she felt was wrong. Sometimes it takes me a while to get there, and sometimes, depending on my spiritual condition, you know, uh, I might feel it today and not feel it tomorrow. Um, but I need people in this relationship, in this fellowship. I need to come to a meeting and get a hug. I need to listen to your message, because your message is the same as me, whether the road to it is a little long, um, a little different, you know. Um, every day in recovery, I am grateful. Like, I woke up today, and I was so grateful, you know. Um, Yvonne was helping me at the merchandise table, and I don't know what I would have done without her. You know, really. And I gave her a hug because I got right emotional. I'm like, thank you. You know, thank you for being here and helping me. And Yvonne, I met her in the, in the fellowship. I have one or two friends outside the fellowship, but they know I'm in, in recovery. Um, sometimes I struggle at work because they all go out, you know, the party, and, and I'm, I'm not comfortable. You know, it's not about the drinking or whatever they do. It's just I'm more comfortable with my people because they... Like, I know what you did when you were using. I know the lies and the manipulation. Nobody else knows that, right? Nobody else understands that, right? How many times do, they, you know, do people tell us, why don't you just stop? <laughs> For them, it's easy, you know? Why don't you just stop? Anyways, I want to thank you. I want you... What I do when I struggle is I'm like, okay, what's, what's the answer here? You know, how can I work towards the solution and not the problem? How can I use these traditions, right, in my relationships or what I'm doing? You know, I was talking to Jim about my topic, and he said, I said, how do you talk about relationships? Because there's so many of them, right? And you talk about the NA symbol, right, of self, service, God, and society, right? So those are really the four big areas that you have relationships in. And I'm like, oh, cool, because it's all about service, right, with other people, relationships at work or, you know, when you're out, relationship with yourself, you learn what you like and what you don't like and what you are morally able to do and not morally able to do, you know. Um, so I've got my relationship with God. I always had this relationship with my higher power. It's just I'm learning to trust it a bit more, right? I've always known that something loved me. You know, I remember Dad and I arguing about going to church because I used to play the trumpet. And I played the trumpet in some United Church somewhere. And, and he goes, well, you need to go to, um, to Mass. I'm like, well, I'm going to church. He said, well, that's not the same. I said, well, God doesn't care. He doesn't care what church I'm in. And he, oh, I got to beat for that one. <laughs> right? But that's, I've always known that there was something loving in my life. It's just lately I've been more trusting towards it and asking it for help. Right? And today my higher power is this group. Right? So, I don't know if I helped anybody. I, do, just, I know that myself, that I have committed out loud to, um, to trying to heal a relationship that's very important to me. And if nothing else comes out of this share, that, um, you know, uh, it's out there. And if you ever see me outside uh, 
In Halifax or other conventions, you can call, ask me about it, make sure that I, uh, you know, and, and really my purpose in a relationship is to have a satisfying, spiritually guided relationship, right? And how can I do that? How can I, it's not sometimes getting what I want, right? It's sometimes saying, okay, we'll do it your way, you know, even though it's not what I want to do because I am very strong-willed. And that's something I got from my dad, right? So uh, thank you for coming to hear us and um, enjoy the rest of your convention.